welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. And welcome back to another episode of Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and today I have with me a new but good friend, uh, Dwight Bernier. Hey, Dwight. Hey, man. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for doing this with us. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, so, Dwight, you are the head of Acts 29 Canada, um, and uh, we just went through an assessment with you. It was rushed, but it, it was a good experience. Yeah, it was good for us too, man. Rough for us, but good for us too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we are coming into the Acts 29 network, but uh, in here in Newfoundland, that's a very uh, new and uncommon thing even. Um, I mean, I grew up in a in the Pentecostal Assemblies in Newfoundland, Labrador, and even inside there, like, we just didn't know much about things outside. It was very insular, and nothing against the denomination. It was just very insular. Um, and even... In Newfoundland, there's not many, you know, Baptists or networks. It's just specific denominations. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to do this podcast with you today, and just so you can help people understand, like, what is a network? You know, what are the benefits to it? Uh, but before that, why don't you just introduce yourself? Tell us about yourself, your family, and uh, how you came to your current position at Acts 29. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my name is Dwight Bernier. Uh, I have a French last name, but I did not. I was not born. In, uh, in Montreal, where I currently live. So I'm from Portland, Maine, um, and my wife and I moved here about 11 years ago, 11 and a half years ago, and we moved here with a desire to um, to plant a gospel community, really, to plant a church. And um, and at that point, we had a nine-month-old named Nehemiah, and now we have four kids. Wow. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we're Canadian citizens now and dual citizens and... Um, Man, we love it here. We love it here. Uh, so, and then how did I how did I get into Acts 29 Canada? When we were um, before we moved here to play the church, we went through an assessment, um, which was a much shorter thing than you experienced, but maybe a more uh, intense uh, thing. And um, so it was um, a lot of paperwork, but a very direct three-hour conversation, basically. And since then, assessments have changed. But uh, we we moved here. Um, and working with Acts 29, but Acts 29 really didn't have um, not a huge representation in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so um, about four-ish years ago, we uh, I got together with the other six or other five churches at that point that were uh, part of Acts 29 in Canada and said, what if we started uh, Acts 29 Canada, which is fully a part of Acts 29, which is a global network of uh of churches and said, what if we had a specific focus on, on Canada? So we came together and a few of us uh, began that with help from the other, the other networks that are in Acts 29. And uh, that's kind of how I've ended up where, where I am. So I, I, how, let's try that again. So how have you found your position so far? Are you enjoying it? Uh, do you like the work you get to do? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like when everything's going well, I really do. Uh, it's really amazing. Uh, it's it's a part-time thing. I, I pastor a church here in Montreal as well called Church 21. Um, apparently, we're really into numbers in the 20s, so Church 21, Acts 29. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, when things are when things are going well, uh, it's it's really you know it's really a delight and joy. And when things are hard, it's being reminded that 
man, networking and being part of um, being part of the the family uh, that is uh, the the Big C Church. Uh, man, it's a lot of hard work to to keep unity and to love one another and to be self-forgetful and to put to death the things that I want or mm -hmm. uh, the things that we all want. And so, but it really is a joy. It's a joy to see um, to see people um, grow up um, and to be uh, assessed and to be sent out, and then to see uh, new new life in Christ. Right when people are telling me about the the, um, the new followers of Jesus, that's what excites me. Excites me most. Um, that's really why we do what we do is so that uh, more disciples of Jesus would be made, and that those that are already following Him would mature. So. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of addicted to to Jesus and uh, and His work of making disciples. So I, I really do love what I get to do. That's a good way to put it, man. It's, it's funny you said that because I was just reading a passage on um, us as the body of Christ, right? That mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not about our needs over someone else's. You know, again, the hand can't say to the foot, "We don't need you," or the eye can't. There's no reason for the eye to say, "Well, I'm not, a, I'm not a a tongue or something, so I don't belong with the body," right? Yeah, that's it. And That's it's it. just, it's not, yeah, it's not about putting our own needs ahead of everyone else's. It's how do we come together for the greater good of the body, right? Yeah. Tim Kelly wrote this little, little book, like I think it's 35 pages, and I've returned to it several times, and it's called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Okay. And when we're able to actually um, be in a place uh, of self-forgetfulness, and we, we lift our eyes uh, up off of our own belly buttons, and we begin to look out at what Jesus uh, wants for us to, to be about that doesn't just relate to us, um, man, there's there's a freedom with that, right? We don't have to be, we no longer have to be addicted to our, ourselves and our needs, but we're really, really free to be able to uh, care for others and pursue one another as, as more important than, than ourselves. And it's hard to land there, but man, when the gospel is moving correctly, that's just a, a beautiful byproduct of it. So, what is Acts 29, and why did you want to see it in Canada? Oh, yeah. Well, Acts 29 is not a chapter in the Bible, uh, that's for sure. It's really <laughs> great when when I go and, and share somewhere or preach, and, you know, we talk about Acts 29, and they're like, oh, man, I love that chapter. And usually I just let it go. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, but Acts has 28 chapters in it, 29th being the idea that, the, the church is still going, mm -hmm. right? And that it keeps, it keeps um, moving. And so, um, so I, had, um, I had benefited immensely from the relationships that I had with the you know, five other guys. Um, and there was, there was a, a lead pastor's retreat that we would um, all go to once a year. And oh, it was so amazing to get to connect with, with those guys. And then I had global uh, relationships with people. So my predominant place that I've uh, gone to train uh, pastors with theology is, is India, uh, but also gone to Brazil uh, to do similar type of stuff. And uh, I just have this, you know, as being part of this global network, I, I have all the benefits of getting to be poured into by, by others and getting to pour myself out uh, for others. And I, and I thought, man, it would be beautiful to see that actually happening uh, in Canada because to say you're a Canadian is to kind of say like you're an American. I was born in the States, but I was born in the Northeast uh, States. And that is very much different from Texas and it's just very much different from California. And so to see the differences 
uh, of this massive country that, that we're a part of, and yet to see the gospel overcome that and see uh, historical groups that are not for one another actually come together uh, because of the gospel and some um, agreement around common theology uh, to plant churches and to do that in such a way that really feels like a family, man, that's, that's what I still want to see. Uh, right. I think that we're, we're seeing a little, little bit of it. It's like just the tip of the iceberg. You guys know a lot about icebergs and things. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so I think we're just getting to see a little bit of, of the, the tip of the iceberg, but the beauty that could come as we start really sharing resources and people and moving to new places and calling new places home, uh, for the, for the good of the gospel and the expansion of the kingdom. That's, that's the hope for Canada. And, and my prayer really is, and, I know it's not just my prayer, but is that there would be a um, a revival here, and that revival would cause for for Canada to become this great sending place, where it's not just that we need people to come here, we need help, we need resources, but there's so much good gospel work happening here that we need to be sending out people by droves uh, to go and care for the nations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Canada really is right now a hard place to plant a church. Um, yeah, man. It's so contextual wherever you go. I mean, Quebec, <laughs> like downtown Montreal is going to be so different. Even though we're downtown St. John's, downtown Montreal is still a vast difference um, where, yeah. your, where your province is at spiritually and where mine is at spiritually, um, the history of the peoples, and it, it, it makes it for a hard, hard place to start a church. Yeah, and to recognize, you know, just what you said, that almost every place is hard. I mean, any, any heart you know, to reach is impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, But some places have some, you know, history with Christendom and Christianity, which can um, lend itself to be helpful or, or harmful uh, as you're ministering in that, in that different place. But yeah, for us to get to not compare, uh, Oh, well, you know, Quebec is harder than Newfoundland because of X, Y, Z. Well, no, we're harder than Alberta. Like not to do that, not to posture ourselves in that way, but rather to say, Hey, we've learned some things. Uh, that that work and we think can be across the board. Um, could could we give that to you to use? And then could you contextualize that in a way that's actually gonna gonna work? I think that's the beauty of a of a network and the church actually being the church and uh, and working for the glory of King Jesus, not for our little kingdoms. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing wrong with uh, you coming to me or me coming to you and saying, hey, you know what? This worked downtown here. I don't know if it's going to work where you are, but there might be some, uh, you know, characteristics or some key things here you might be able to build on, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, um, so tell me, like, you know, people here are used to denominations, right? You're loyal to the denomination, you sign off on the denomination's doctrine, you pay to the denomination, all this stuff. Um, So what makes a denomination different, like, why is a network different, and what benefits are there to joining a, a network? You've kind of hinted at some, but uh, why don't you tell us some of that? Yeah, I, I mean, denominations are great um, when they're when they're functioning well. Uh, mm-hmm. Denominations are, are really great, and we're our church, the church that I'm I'm a part of. Like we we're part of a denomination as well, um, but the network is like a, I think a level a level up or a level below. I don't know which which way we're looking at this, but. The idea is that um, we can we can take a list of uh, theology and say, hey, do you agree with, with this list of, of theology? It's like, yes. Okay, great. Um, do you want to see uh, churches planted as, as one of the, the main ways that we're going to reach uh, Canada? Yes, 
amazing. All right. Then we can network together, you mm-hmm. know, and we can partner together. And here's what partnership looks like this season. And, um, and things can be very fluid and change. Um, it, most networks are, are fairly young, which I think is an advantage and a disadvantage. But one of the advantages of having a, um, a more youthful um, movement, right? Denominations are movement, net, networks are movements, all these things are movements. Having a more, or more youthful movement is that there isn't the deep history that you can't just change that. People haven't been part of this thing for 40 plus, plus years. Um, so you can change certain things. There, there are very few sacred cows uh, inside, of, inside of networks. And the beauty of, of our network, Axel and I, I'll just speak to that, is that we, you know, theologically reformed, um, we're, uh, we want to be innovative missionally, um, we want to be, we want to be focused really on creating uh, churches that will plant churches. And we know churches don't plant churches, people plant churches, uh, but it's the people that, that actually uh, make up the church. I, I think that one of the, the benefits that we have is that we can work with uh, Presbyterians, we can work with Baptists, we can work with uh, Anglicans, we can work with a, a host of, of different denominations that maybe can't work together, but because, let's say, on the issue of baptism, we're like, well, we're not going to kill one another over baptism, and actually we can do a lot of work together if we were to to take this one subject and just put it to the side and say we agree that people should be baptized, but we agree on these things, and we need to move forward with these things. Um, denominations really can't do that. Um, and in a network, we, we can. So there's, um, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of interesting variables that we can play around with in, in a network. And in a network as well, um, we're a bit lighter. In fact, we're a lot lighter because we, we haven't had to create the institutions that denominations have had to. So typically, a denomination will have to have a a seminary, a way to train people, and they have to have uh, people for pastoral care and counseling and church channels and all these people. And we're saying, no, the, the church planters or the pastors are, are networking together. Um, so we get all the resources, and there are very few people who are paid at all within the network. And so it's really um, coming together more like a, it's not just for men, in a sense, but I'll say fraternity. It's more like brothers coming together and say, how do we do this together? Um, how, do we, how do we get around what the Spirit wants to do now in this nation for the glory of King Jesus? How do we do that together? And we're not waiting for um, like a denominational decision to be voted on. Uh, we're just going to do this because this is what makes sense in our, in our place. So I think we can, be, uh, we can be much more active and responsive um, because we really are like a band of brothers uh, aiming to reach a, a nation. Yeah, um, one thing you said really in, intrigued me. Um, it seems like being part of a network helps you also be aware of what is happening, even in other denominations. Like you're not so insular. Like you're able to see what God is doing, you know, nationwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then as you see good things happening in denominations, uh, like we're working with. Um, in Nova Scotia, I know that we're working with uh, the fellowship to do like we're we're working on a training together, and it's like, man, we love what you guys are doing there. Could we could we help? You know, could we help make that thing uh, better, or could we contribute resources to that thing? So we don't 
we don't have to make up our own thing. Everything that our, our church planters are a part of, you know, as, as you guys, Adam, are part of SEND. Like mm-hmm. if there's something that SEND is doing or CNBC is doing that you guys are really excited about, you would love to see on a grander scale in, um, in St. John's. Well, can, can Acts 29 help at all in that way? Um, and when we say Acts 29, it's, it's not like this big, uh, this big ship somewhere, right? Acts 29 really is me. It's you. It's the other, it's the other guys and leaders and, and churches. Um, and so, you know, we, we're, we're just so free. We're just so free to contribute, uh, however the Lord might, might lead us to do that. Yeah, that's really cool. And for those listening, um, Acts 29 is also, is, is on a global scale, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what is what is your you mentioned going to India, and this is a little off topic. What what has that been like? You haven't told me that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't been in a few years, um, but uh, I have a, a friend there who I met actually through Extra Nine. So he's an Extra Nine church planter. Um, his name is Arjuna Chigilare, and so um, Arjuna and I met, and he said, "Hey, uh, you know, have you ever considered coming to India?" I said, "No, man. I'm I'm called to." To Quebec, I really feel a heart for that. He's like, no, have you ever visited? No, I haven't visited. He said, why don't you come to India? And you know, what what do you do in terms of training and pastoral expertise, whatever? And so we were talking, and he said, why don't you come and train uh, the pastors that I've been developing in uh, missional living? I think that's the first thing I went and did. So he has three hundred ish pastors that he's overseeing uh, in his part of India. And so I went there for a week and I trained theologically uh, these these guys. And then I benefited a lot from this, man, because I sat with so many guys who were saying, uh, yep, I, I was called to plant a church in, in my village. No church has ever existed in my village ever before. It's a completely Hindu village. And when I came to plant, the, the head of the village said, if you do this, we will kill you. And he said, well, that's fine. I'm coming back next week. And when he came back next week, they were waiting for them, like not to kill them, but to receive whatever message they had. And I'm sitting with, with guys who have planted churches that have reached upwards of 50% of the entire village where they, where they live. And I would meet these guys. I'm like, you know that if you were in North America, you would be the headliner of every single conference because no one is reaching 50% of their city, town, village. And yet that's a normal thing there. And so I just, I eat up the stories that God is working in these, um, these men and women that we probably never know their names this side of, of eternity, but yet God is doing incredible work to them. So I find I need, I need to go to places like that to hear stories of what God is doing because it emboldens me to come back um, to Quebec and to Canada and share you know, the gospel believing that, man, maybe half the city would believe, right? If you would do that in India, why couldn't you do that here in, in Quebec? Yeah, so, that, yeah, that, that, lots of history with going there. That, that's, that's so cool, man, because, I mean, it, it, it just reemphasizes again that, that image of the body, right? I mean, we don't even know, for the most part, what's going on in other parts of the world, but through a network, um, we have the opportunity to hear these stories, to meet these people, and know that we're working together for God's kingdom. Yeah, man. And one of the hard things of working overseas is, I don't know if you're like me, but I get lots of requests, not just from uh, 
Nigerian princes that want to send me money and $4 million <laughs> and all that stuff. Right. But, uh, but I get lots of requests uh, from people. Would you, would you come and help or would you send money or would you, and man, I have nothing to filter that through. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know the churches that they're planting the ministries they're doing. And I don't have lots of time to research that either. But the beautiful thing about being part of a global network is that um, those pastors in India have gone through the same assessment that you and I have gone through. So theologically, they're the same. Now, of course, contextually, things are a bit different, yep. but there's there's the trust that's already there. So I'm now free to get to go and give up myself. I don't have to explain myself in these certain areas. I don't need to like tiptoe around theologically. And then uh, as a church or as an individual, we can give kind of liberally knowing that, man, this is going to uh, plant solid gospel-centered churches that are going to keep multiplying for that region of India. So that's, that's another benefit of being part of, of a network is that theological trust um, uh, that, that we've all gone through the same thing. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, getting an email um, as hopefully our church plant gets more established and they're from India or they're from um, somewhere in Europe or Latin America. And I'm like, who is this person? But then if I see the Acts 29 logo or, you know, them doing Acts 29 stuff, I'm like, oh, you know, they're part of the network. And it, it just opens up already that door of trust, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's pretty amazing. I'm just here on the website here, Acts 29, and it's pretty it's pretty awesome. So for those who are listening, um, I mean, you've got... Uh, U.S. Midwest, U.S. North Atlantic, U.S. South Central, U.S. Southwest, U.S. West, uh, U.S. Southeast. Uh, but then you also have you know, churches in Southern Africa, Latin America, Japan, Europe, uh, emerging regions, uh, Canada, and then Australia and New Zealand. I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And what's, what's wild is that last week, uh, Wednesday evening, um, I, I got to do a, a training with guys in Australia, uh, Japan, New Zealand, and the Philippines, and all extra nine. And it's like, hey, we know that um, we know that your expertise is in this. Could you come and train, you know, us on that? Now, come obviously means Zoom at this moment, um, but it's man, it's it's crazy. It's crazy the ways that you know, if we're actually serious about partnership how God, I really do believe that God has given everything to his church that we need in terms of gifts and using and utilizing those gifts and not being so um, self-sufficient and selfish with those gifts, but rather, you know, sharing them and being humble enough to say, hey, I don't know what this looks like, um, but we can we can bring someone in to help us understand how this is going to work. Uh, so again, just another, another little piece of the beauty of... Uh, of this global, this global network. Yeah, so good, man. So, um, people can go to the Acts 29 website, find out more about it. Um, is there anywhere else I can go if they want to know more about Acts 29 and whether it's in their region or even more about Acts 29 Canada? Yeah, currently we have a website, acts29canada.com, but I just say that kind of in hesitation because I'm not completely sure the last time I was updated. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's quasi-recent, but I'm, you might not find yourself on there yet, Adam. That's uh, It's kind of new. Um, but yeah, there, there's some more information there. Uh, Acts 9 Canada podcast, um, we're really focused on 
um, on theological clarity and cultural engagement, missional innovation, specifically in in Canada. Um, so you can find out more uh, through through there. Uh, but I would say also like emailing, either emailing myself uh, or the person that's leading in a specific area. So we have five different areas in Canada and having a coffee uh, with them. One of the things that we want to do is we, we really want to help existing churches uh, that have a heart to plant churches be able to do that. So maybe you're listening and you're an existing church and like, oh, that's cute. Uh, the church planning network, but, uh, but we want to come alongside you and help you uh, know how to, how to put pieces in place to, to actually be able to plant out of your existing church. Um, so I would say uh, getting in touch with, with someone uh, would be your best, your best bet to learn the most about Acts 9. Awesome. Well, if you're listening um, and you're interested in this, feel free to reach out to, you know, anyone in your area, check out the website, um, contact even us at Model Mission. We can help you get in contact with anyone. Uh, we just want to work together and see churches established in in Canada and other parts of the world um, through, through a network uh, for his for his glory, you know, gospel preaching, gospel-centered churches, and see people, you know, come into the kingdom and go out and further that kingdom. Yeah, that's good, man. So good. All right, if you're listening, catch us again next week, and thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.mileonemission.ca.